All right, hey, hey, hey. It's not as windy today, and I think I've got my uh, my uh, earbuds working right. It's Thursday night, and it is 77 degrees. Beautiful for May. What do we got here? May 23rd. So yesterday was the day that I got uh, let go. The, the title of the podcast is The Layoff. So yes, indeed. I got laid off yesterday. It's no fun. Seven of us. Only one year. It's a bummer. And I was getting close to closing some deals, man. But nah, you know, didn't fit. I'm not, I'm not a, I don't fit this, this place. This electronics thing so I applied for two jobs today um, and I try to get how much the guy would call me I guess he's not gonna maybe he won't call me but I'll try him early in the morning but uh, yeah I guess it's just not not uh, floating his boat but anyway we'll see um, so we're out walking the bud it's in the evening, 6 o'clock. And I'll probably tell my wife tonight about the, the layoff. And we're heading to Germany, right? So it's kind of a lot of things happening. 6.11 in the evening. And the sun's still up. Pretty pretty night. No clouds. It's Arizona. So I'm processing this whole change. And we'll see where it goes. Um, a lot of emotion, of course, tied up in these things. And then there's the old, you know, self-worth and um, feeling feeling like you you can't get results or you don't have a, you're not capable or those kind of things. So you know, it is what it is. So there you go. Um, so it's probably 80-20 rule, maybe 20% my lack of performance. But I tried, I did what I could. I was I was pushing it. I think I was doing pretty good. But I just couldn't hit on things. I didn't, didn't know how to read the tea leaves. It wasn't fast enough or something. And the sales cycle was supposed to be 18 months to 36, but I didn't quite get 18. I think I would have had some stuff here pretty soon. If I was heading in the right direction. I think I was, I think I was getting close. But, hey, it must have pissed a few people off, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, probably too emotionally inclusive with uh, some people. So, um, yeah, I'm walking by this HR lady's house. She's cool. So she's she's in a new place. So we got to have a fit, man. We got to get a good fit, right? I don't know what it's going to be. But there's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be angst. And I don't like it when my wife's upset, you know, and concerned, but I guess I suck at, like, how to do the deal with that. You know, I just really suck at that. Sorry. Some of us are really good at that, and some, I'm not, I'm not one of those people, because I, I, you know, I'm kind of like, I have to move on, I have to move through it, so, you know, you got to give people some space, probably someone would say, give someone some space to process it, process it, man. <laughs> So it just like, and then if the processing takes too long, then I'm, I get impatient, and then I'm like, whoa, 
well, if you, you know, if you're impatient, you know, and you're stressed on it, well, what can we do about that, you know? You know, so it's just a tough time. We got cancer, and there's just a confluence of things. And I'm, I'm getting spanked around by uh, my church just because I asked them not to like criticize other pastors from the pulpit. Seems like a reasonable request. Of course, the way I do it probably wasn't wasn't appropriate. Proper channels weren't followed. <laughs> so crucify me. Oh man crucify me. Maybe it's more what do they call that? Gris for the fire or something? I don't know. It's more more examples for the book that is so close, people. The book, oh yeah, is it close? I don't know. I'm I got a lot of emotional stuff going on. And I'm this is me. I'm nutty, man, so I'm just a nut. So we're going to Germany and we even had a fight the other day about whether I can drive up to Pinamunda or not. I really want to see the rocket launching site, which is a three-hour drive, people. I mean, we're going to be there for 19 days. We're going to be in Europe for 19 days. Can I just have a three-hour drive up, and I'll do the driving, and I'm not going to complain about it, and I'll do a three-hour back. And if you don't like it, you can stay in Berlin, do what you want, shop. Just give me six to eight hours. Really, it's going to be eight, maybe eight to ten, but whatever. I want to go see Rocket Launch, man. Pinamunda, I didn't, I missed it. I lived there. It's like living in Phoenix and not going to see the Grand Canyon. That's what I, that's what I, I put it up, I guess. So we lived in Berlin for five years and we never went to the Grand Canyon, you know? Dumb, let's go. We're not gonna get another chance. And I want my engineering son, he should go see it too. But we're having a little dispute about that. And then the shit's really gonna hit the fan. <laughs> when, when I drop the uh, the H bomb, the no HR bomb. So, uh, so yeah. So it's a really good podcast. Much more professional, much more prepared. It's called Tequila and Sunshine, TNS as we call as I'm calling it now. From TNS, Tequila and Sunshine. So there's this cool lady up in uh, Colorado. Who saw, so she's been there a couple years now, 18 months. She's doing a pretty good job resisting the weed. I keep, I keep talking about weed, and uh, she, she, she's not buying it. But you know, she's in marketing, so I guess I gotta. Maybe this is like the fourth time I mentioned weed, fifth. So two more times, I mentioned weed. That'll be seven times. Seven times on the weed. And I even said they're gonna. Hey, look, they're gonna start marketing to young mothers in Colorado. Get some weed. No, I don't know, I have no idea. I uh, very little opinion on that, right? So, I don't know. To me, I, ch- I would chuckle if there's that many people. I think I talked about the Uber drivers, like, oh yeah, man, 85% of the people are smoking weed in Colorado. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't, probably doesn't take a social science genius to go, Let's see, um, I bet you this guy smokes weed, and it's kind of a social activity. So if you're with four people and all four of you are smoking weed, I mean, that's, you're four out of four. I mean, that, you're, you're starting to build your stats, you know. Uh, four out of four people that you're with are smoking weed, well, that's 100%. So, you know, that's how that, how that falls out. 
So the weed culture, man, so it's uh, fascinating. And I'm out of a job, so coincidentally, I probably could set up a phone call, like on uh, get into the weed business, man. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow for the hell of it. Because, you know, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. And that's how I roll, baby. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a weed dude, but I don't, I really don't think so. But shoot, it's got to be weird if you live in the state. And it's just like, oh yeah, we're already smoking weed. Yeah, weed. Anyway, enough on the weed. What else? So I applied for our senior director of engines. What is it? Manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. So I figured I used to make these aircraft engines that had about, I don't know, maybe you could, maybe it's an exaggeration, like 3,000 parts in them, right? Three, 4,000. There's all these parts that spin around, compressors, turbines. They're all spinning around, right? But rocket, man, it's just, it's basically a nozzle when you squirt fuel out of it and ignite it. So there's probably like, I don't know. I'm, let me get, realistically, I'll guess that 80 part numbers, right, in a rocket motor. Just because it's a big cone that you inject two different fuels in and they they combust and that's where you get your thrust from. And so those mechanical parts you need, you know, you need the you need the two fuels, the two the oxygen oxidizer and the fuel and uh, the big cone, you know. So I had some fun talking to the dude yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it's like six minutes of excitement. You know, you make these big motors and everyone's going to stand out there and watch and look in the sky. There's going to be this big plume of smoke and it's going to be all from this engine, which is basically one big pipe bomb or something. And, and I just put my name in the hat to be the senior director of engine manufacturing. Can you believe that? You're listening to the podcast before it even happens. I'm visualizing it, right? I'm one of the, I'm, that's what I do. I just visualize. <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic. I sarcastically visualize, you know? And, and there's really only going to be one of these guys. Now, with my, with my employment track record, I might get the job <laughs> and then only last one year in it. In the job, which really would suck because the launch isn't until 2024. So, in this case, I'd really like to have a four-year run and uh, salute salute engine number one as it launches off in Florida, just because it's a major achievement, right? Engine baby. And so, what do I add to the team? So, to me, I figured it out because I did my strength finders thing right so i'm a i'm a strength finder so my strengths are strategic thinking right you can tell that right i mean it's not, you listen to this podcast purely for the strategic thinking that you get from me you're just standing you're sitting back in awe as you're doing the laundry or or uh walking your kids down the street and uh the fan in colorado just got a new house which is an old house 1924 it looks beautiful it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool up there. So, um, yeah, she's probably driving the kids to school or doing something. 
going to sign some papers, just throws in, I wonder what the layoff podcast is all about, you know. Michael's probably talking about something stupid, but it, I did learn something. She, she will not play this at 2x speed, which I encourage you, go ahead. You know, this is gonna, I'm walking the dog, man. So this is the time limit is set for the dog walk, which is 30 to 40 minutes. So, hey, if you only got 15 minutes, you, you're gonna get all the content, all the great content in this episode while I'm walking the dog in the sunshine here. And it is feeling pretty good. And I'm delusional because I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't feel good. So I visualize myself as the senior director for engine manufacturing. And what's cool about this engine, right, coming from the airspace, aerospace world, is there's only, like I said, there's going to be like 80 to 100 parts as opposed to like 3,000 with a complicated assembly and spin testing and balancing and getting all this stuff spun. I mean, there might be some, I think there is some turbo machinery, but it's probably like turbo machinery to like just move the fuel. See, don't I sound like a freaking rocket scientist, you know? I'm not, but you know. So there we go. So strategic thinking is my number one strength, apparently. And then includer. I am a freaking includer. That's probably why I do the podcast, right? Because I want to include you on my thought processes, right? Because strategic thinking is complicated. You got It kind of goes in all kinds of directions. So that's, let's go with it, right? Strategic thinking. And then I'm including you in the process. So like you could be a strategic thinker, but be keep it all to yourself, right? Like be a be a kind of a jerk, you know, and like, well, yeah, I'm a real strategic thinker, but I'm never going to let you know how the magic's done or how the sausage is made, baby. I'm just going to strategically think, and then I'm just going to present you the strategic thought. No, but that's not how I operate. You're podcast host here. I operate on the inclusion factor. Include. And then the next thing is third talent skill, you say, is ideation. Isn't that great? I come up with ideas. I'm going to ideate. And I have to facilitate other people to ideate because I'm inclusive, right? Go back. In strategic thinking, it's including other people's ideas because I, I don't have them all. But we'll ideate together. We'll do this together because I'm an inclusive guy. Okay. So what's the fourth one? Oh, fourth one. Fourth one is awesome. It's woo. Going to woo, woo, woo. Jeffrey Osborne. You got a woo, woo, woo. And it's woo is W-O-O, right? Woo. It's win others over. So I think I'm on a, I think I'm on a pretty good pace right now because I'm presenting these um, talents, strengths that I have, right? And I'm, I'm kind of laying them out for you and they're, they're making sense. And I'm building this anticipation as we go, right? And the woo is just right there, number four. It's beautiful. And I'm winning you over, right? You're excited. You know, you want to know, like, what's the fifth? What is this guy's fifth strength? Communication. I can't believe it. I really, I really have my doubts, but I have this inner critic, right? And these writers are really fascinating people, the people that write. Because they, they talk about this thing called the inner critic. 
And so for me, if someone says, hey, Michael, I think you really, you're really a good communicator. I'd be like, what? Huh? No, I suck. I'm just randomly, randomly kind of talking as I walk my dog. And um, it's kind of all over the place, scatterbrained. You know, but, you know, maybe I am a good communicator. You know, I like to talk, I think. I mean, you got that. But talking isn't the same as communicating, right? So um, I'm kind of listening for you, right? You're listening to the podcast and you can't speak to me. You can't. You probably on occasions have been shouting at the podcast, like either, okay, enough, enough, move on. But, you know, I have this little uh, thing about obsessing on things. So not everyone has my level my level of obsession which is revealed by my problems with my church the church yeah well and then i think maybe my strengths are one of my problems with the church because i'm a strategic thinker and i see stuff in church that doesn't fit what i think is the strategic mission or strategic plan and maybe this is coming together for my book because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the sixth sola. These are like the essential Christian doctrines. You know, you've got the sola scriptura. Martin Luther, you know, when he's, when he's going up against the Roman Catholic Church and Martin Luther's sola scriptura, show me where it is written, you know. So he was the first dude to start pulling that that thing off and and now 500 years later people have taken it to the extreme where where for fun you guys can read second timothy 3 i had to do this a few times today because i got slapped relentlessly in a text message and a lot of it had to do with second timothy 3 the first like seven or eight verses and there was this massive verse pluck out of there so Paul's talking about how awful some people are. They're just terrible. They, they hate their parents. They're unloving. They're like taking advantage of women, you know. And you read this whole list like these are awful people, and you know they're all. And then it, then it sums it all up. It says, well, they're always learning, but have no knowledge of the truth, you know. So the verse pluck is to say, oh, Michael, you. You're so smart. You're studying. You're so thinking. You're reading, and oh, you, you know, you know the Bible, and you're reading this, you know. But you're you're always learning, Michael. But you know, you really don't have the knowledge of the truth. Come on, the truth is that, the truth is that the Southern Baptist Convention has just got everything, you know. And if you've been trained in a Southern Baptist seminary in Kentucky in the bluegrass, and it's not that far from the Derby. And, you know, and oh, we have another seminary in North Carolina and another one in Texas. And, you know, we're the Southern Baptists, you know. And, you know, if you went to school, if you put your time in, you know, and took the classes and, you know, studied the Greek and the Hebrew and, you know, you would have the knowledge of the truth, you know. But you're just, you're just a dude reading, you know, the Bible. You know, and I am just a dude. And that's kind of what John and Peter were in Acts, I think it was chapter 3. It's like, we're not educated men. <laughs> they were filled with power of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what I get a kick out of, is these Baptists cannot get the word Holy Spirit out of their mouths. It's like, oh, oh, oh of course, the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, oh, and the Holy Spirit. You know, did I say, no, I didn't, did he just say Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Jesus told us that he would send a spirit and it would be better for us. So I'm, I'm pretty much convinced, like when I go to the last six months or so I've gone to church, it's pretty much all about Jesus. Jesus on the cross. And I, I, I think, I hope he's chuckling in heaven. This is one of those moments where you're really going to grow in your spiritual life if you can talk to somebody, have a thought, and say, Lord, are you laughing your ass off in heaven right now? <laughs> and why shouldn't the God, the creator of the universe, be happy and joyful when someone finally figures out that this religious structure and self-pompous structure is just a bunch of BS. And it's not about that. It's about you. It's about me. It's about living. It's about walking your dog. It's about looking at the sky, saying, wow, this earth, wow, gravity, whoa, sun, smoking the earth. What? God made this. We're here. Be thankful. Wow. Am I always that way? Hell no. But, okay, so I get smacked around by this 2 Timothy 3. Just hilarious. And I had to respond. I said, look, dude, I mean, if you want to throw that little snippet that says that Michael Ward is always learning but has no knowledge of the truth, well, the context is that the dudes were just like awful people. So before you jump to that, please show me where I'm like entering into old women's homes and uh, taking advantage of old women. And I'm, uh, what else am I doing? I don't know, I'm doing, apparently these, these guys were just terrible people. And, uh, and that's not me. I'm like, dude, do you really think that that's how I live my day? I mean, like I must be living this massively double life where the people I work with and, and uh, interact with every day, they must see some dude that's just, you know, pretty regular guy, trying. I got a really nice comment on LinkedIn from a guy that he, when he found out I was let go, he goes, yeah, I really like the way you, you manage the customer meetings and things, you know, the way you, I did things. Yeah, I did some good things. I do things well. I'm just misunderstood. I'm just not understood by people. <laughs> well, at least my brothers didn't sell me into the slavery, right? So they meant it for evil. And I don't, they didn't. That, that's the thing. Is they didn't really mean it for evil. They just got rid of me. So, But God's going to make it all for good, right? So this is about the temperature of Berlin right now. And uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be there. And then it'll be like smoking hot here. So for about almost almost three weeks, it's going to be smoking hot. And uh, yeah. And uh, so we're heading back. There's some other dogs out here. Bud's pretty interested. He's pulling pulling on the leash. 
So we got the Sola Scriptura and Sola Fide by faith alone. And Martin Luther was all big on that too because the Roman Catholic Church had the indulgences like, oh, you want to get to heaven? You know, fork over some cash, baby. We'll build ourselves a little church and we can all hang out. So that was kind of that was going on back then. Little indulgences and Luther's like, nah, this looks pretty corrupt. So I guess that, that corrupt, I, I could say right now we're, we're not living in a corrupt, financially corrupt, maybe, but a, maybe a power corrupt. And maybe more importantly, a knowledge. It's actually a knowledge and wisdom and strategy corruption. These people have these weird ideas about the way things should be. And they have such groupthink. It's amazing. And I had to call a friend who goes to the same church. And uh, he went with me to see the heretic Rob Bell, right? The heretic. Yeah. Same people. Same people think he's a heretic. And again, I'll listen to Rob. I don't agree with him 100%. He says cool stuff. And I generally, I like what he has to say. I'm not going to call him a heretic. And the people that call him heretic, I think are nuts. You know, kind of like Joel Osteen too. Just back off, people. And I, I really don't know why there has to be this division line. And they, they would find verses. They're going to go find verses like, well, watch out for the false teachers. False teachers. Paul talked about false teachers. There's false teachers. False teachers. And... One of my comments is like, yeah, we the context again was Judaizers that were telling Gentiles they needed to be circumcised, right? So that's the context. So now, but see now it's been expanded to like anything that someone teaches that someone doesn't like. So like when when Victoria Osteen made that huge mistake that said, when we obey God we actually might be happy, which I interpreted that to mean we won't have shame and guilt because we're doing good stuff. So I'm good with that. I don't, I don't, I don't know why, why the great Dr. Moeller has to uh, challenge that and question that and uh, call that out. So, yeah, the purpose of the, pod, purpose of the podcast is not to go line by line on the criticisms so suffice it to say that the criticisms are fairly weak. So I put a call into the dude that does speak to me and he kind of acts like he's quote unquote protecting me from the other elders. Like, oh, they would just kick you out or something. He doesn't make that threat. But it's when you read just like anything, written text, emails, the tone comes across a little bit harsher than I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, basically. So I finally called him, no answer. Someone left a message for him to give me a call later. So maybe he'll call me. I don't know. I really don't think this, I don't know why this has to be such a big deal. I mean, I'm just asking the dude to like go up there and go, yeah, I probably shouldn't criticize a dude like that from the pulpit, uncalled for. But what was interesting is I spoke to this dude who goes to like a, you know, a men's morning group. And the day after that came out, the, one of the other elders actually like was agreeing like, oh yeah, 
I'm so glad this dude mentioned that in church because such a false teacher, man. And it's like, oh my gosh, I probably am in the wrong church. I wasted my time here. And uh, maybe that's part of the struggle too. You just waste your time in something and you're trying to redeem it, but I don't think it's redeemable really. So, and then the other church guy, more, I don't think he wants to talk to me. He probably just sees me as a troublemaker. Like, this dude's a critic, man. He's just critic, criterion. That's all he does is find out, stop what's wrong. You know, rah, rah, rah. Well, just wait till the book comes out. Because I'm not claiming to teach the Bible. I'm not claiming to be like scholar and do the Greek and the Hebrew and the history and the and the, and the, and the N.T. Wright. I'm saying, dude, you can't possibly believe that this stuff was written so that we could sit around and argue about it day in, day out. What's the word? What's the Greek word? What's the Hebrew word? You can't possibly. I mean, it's like, they can they see the forest from the trees, as they would say? Another one of those Huey Lewis theology songs. See the forest from the trees. So the message of the Bible is not about every little word, every little thing, da ding da ding ding It's like, what happened? Read it. What happened? Paul went around, told Gentiles that God loves them. First time ever. You know, they don't have to convert to Judaism. Wow. Whoa, that's new. Wow. Is it complicated? No. <laughs> and did we make it like way too complicated in 2000 and whatever? Probably from 1980 till now. Oh yeah, we've made it a really hellaciously complicated system. And we've made it hellaciously separated by like, well, our group, we're a united Methodist. Because you know God did all this stuff because he just wanted a method for this stuff. And then there's the Presbytery, the Presbytery. Of course, you gotta have the Presbytery. I can't, I don't know, I have to bone up on my little idiosyncrasies of all these denominations, you know. I guess the Lutherans I'm most familiar with would be light the candles, baby. Put the robes on and light those candles. Most more like the Roman Catholicism. And we just read First John. First John. And I, I, as much as I love Paul, I'm starting to think this John dude, I think he might be the subversive one. Because when I saw what he did at the end of his gospel, Man, oh man, is he, I think he's like massively subversive. <laughs> he does the famous, oh, Peter is restored. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> and, and this is how it's presented like 99% of the time in the, in the Bible. Peter, do you love me? Well, then you feed my sheep. And then we're going to talk for a half an hour about comparing like, oh, well, you see, Peter denied the Lord three times before the cock crowed. And now Jesus is restoring Peter. So he asks him three times, do you love me? And it's like, oh, filio or agape love? Oh, right. And then the end of the story ends right there. Boom. Now, ah. Great message, Pastor. Great message. Oh, you see, 
we all may deny Christ at some point. And, you know, it's okay because we can get restored right now, this moment. Would you pray after me? You know, let's get restored, you know. But that's really not the end of the, the chapter. And it's not, all you have to do is read like one more sentence, people. One, one more sentence. And, it, and the story continues right there, right now. You don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going, right? Howdy. So, yeah, I stole that from, uh, and probably doesn't make any sense. But um, you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going. That means just read the next sentence, will you? Just read it. And it, what does Jesus do? He's like, hey, Peter, you know, hey, dude, um, by the way, um, you, when you die, um, you're going to be led around. You know, right now you, you put your own clothes on, I think, something like that. And uh, when, you, when you die, you know, you're going to, or not die, but when you're older, someone's going to lead you around where you don't want to go. And oh, by the way, the Greek word for being led around by, you know, where you don't want to go is the same Greek word that John uses in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Wow. Now, did I sound convincing on that? Because it's not true. I just made that up. But, <laughs> and, and I haven't been drinking, right? So, hey, bud, we're going to try poop, poop uh, drop off here. Dog waste only. So, so, yeah, so it's not the same Greek word. It's just Jesus telling Peter, hey, dude, um, you're going to get old and some dude's going to lead you around the hand. And then there's Peter. It says right there, this next sentence. Peter looks around and, and sees the, the disciple who Jesus loved. Right? And then we all, we all know by now that that's, that's, that is John, the disciple who Jesus loved. And so, so would you say that Peter had a little envy towards John? Yeah, I think so. That's, I don't think that's a stretch. So, so Peter, he's just been restored, literally just restored when he loves Jesus three times. And now he looks over at John, he's envious, and he says, hey, Jesus, what about him? What about John? You know, I'm going to be led around and where I don't want to go, but what about John? And the Bible says that Jesus looked at Peter and goes, what is that to you? You follow me. And that is the key to the great relationship, people. It's the end of John, right? You know, Matthew, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. But no, not, not with John. He's the subversive disciple. He writes the last gospel. He's got the last one. The actual last gospel, the last word, is from Johnny Boy. And Johnny Boy just made Peter look like a real tool. And, uh, and Jesus was kind of pissed off at him. And uh, he's like, hey, what's that to you, baby? Witty with That's W-I-T-T-Y. What is that to you? You follow me. And that's the... The message to all of us, we're supposed to follow. We can, and we can follow him. Not the shepherd. The shepherd of the flock. 
And that's probably why Roman Catholicism is probably like the most attractive religion right now to me. I mean, it's because they don't have a dude who's like drawing attention to himself. He's just some dude in a robe with a you know metal thing around, and people have to probably whisper to each other and go like, "Who is that dude? Oh, he's the uh, umpty squad bishop from uh, down under there over here." You know, because people don't care and they just read this stuff. You know, so maybe. Maybe Roman Catholicism is the way to go because you can just knock off these stinking pastors who are all vision casters and dynamic leaders and they're going to inspire you with their presentation. Yeah, I think I'm stumbling on something. That just came out tonight. So a shout out to the Roman Catholics. You got it. You got something going right. And you don't go to hell, right? You know? <laughs> I can't believe I believed that bullshit for so long. Oh, yeah, they are Roman Catholics. They're going to hell because, you know, they believe in indulgences and, they, you know, faith by, you know, salvation by works. My gosh. Oh, man. So um, where are we going with that? And I think my Colorado friend, I can't believe she just flat out confessed that she's kind of leans RC, man. Roman Catholic. Think, you know, maybe I could bond with that idea. You know, I think I could go with that. And uh, my dad just wasn't freaking intentional enough. He wasn't. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't tell my mother to stick it to that Lutheran crap. I could have been. A, I could have been a good Irish Roman Catholic boy. Dang, would my life have been different? <laughs> Who knows what would have happened? So where were we, dude? I'm, 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 I'm on my track here. So we had, where were we? Oh, yeah, I love the John. So John, is, and it's still, these are just like little sentences at the end of the gospel. So we've got the restoration. We got, dude, some old dude's going to lead you around where you don't want to go. Then you got Peter going, well, what about John? And then you got Jesus slapping him around going like, hey, what's that to you? And then the final, the La piste de la resistance is John saying, you know, Jesus did a lot of stuff. You know, I was with him for three years. He didn't say that, but he was basically, we know. He hung out with him. Jesus did a lot of stuff. He wrote that. And he goes, you know, if we wrote down every stinking thing that Jesus did, the books, we, would, we, we wouldn't be able to finish the books. I mean, it's a first draft. I mean, if they did a first draft of Jesus, it would be like a million words, right? A million words, right? So you got the Gospel of John. Let's figure it out. It's probably like, well, I don't know, 30,000 words, right? So John had to edit that baby down, man. He had the developmental editor. And the development editor for John was like really good because he subversively snuck this final message in, which is, hey, I'm John. I'm the favorite disciple, dudes. You should listen to me. And you know what? That Peter guy is kind of a tool. And in fact, I didn't have to end this gospel this way. I could have used any of a million stories. I could use any of them. But you know what? I chose this one. I chose these stories to end with. Because it makes... Why? I don't know. I'm saying it because it makes Peter look like a tool. And, and I think that's okay for Peter to look like a tool, you know? So there's nothing, 
There's nothing wrong with that. Because we elevate, unfortunately, I think the culture, the Christendom, they elevate these disciples to these lofty levels like that we can't achieve it or we can't relate to them. And that's what I'm trying to do is like, let's all relate to them. Let's think about it. I think we can relate better to God than they can, but it's, I mean, it's up to the Holy Spirit. I mean, he flat out told us that, hey, it's better if I go away than send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still alive, still here, and we have our bodies, our souls, which will have our fears of this life and pain and emotion and stuff. And, uh, but what does it say? Great relationship, man. What is that to you? You follow me. You know, hey, I didn't get, hey, that guy didn't get laid off. How come that guy didn't get laid off? Jesus says to me, hey, Michael, what's that to you? You follow me. So I don't know where we're going to go next. I really don't. So this is the layoff podcast. I have this feeling in my gut that this is like one of my better podcasts ever. But I'm not sure about that. I'm just, you know, I haven't had anything to drink. Not that, not that, that I think, I don't believe that having something to drink makes the podcast awesome, but they do influence things. And in Acts chapter one, see, he goes right from John 21, the great relationship right into Acts, Acts one, baby. And Paul is coming in chapter nine, but Peter, this is where the, like the old dude that gave us Easter presentation totally screwed that up saying that Peter spoke boldly in Acts chapter 2 verse 14 because he saw the resurrected Lord you know no he didn't see the resurrected Lord that's not why he spoke boldly he spoke boldly because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the dogs are out hi and uh, another dog so yeah so uh, he spoke boldly in Acts chapter 2 14 if you want to read it, read Acts 1, and you see Peter still is screwed up at the Ascension, which is a lovely holiday, which probably happened already. I can't, I'd have to Google it, but I think the Ascension may have happened already, like on the calendar, and then um, like a Sunday. Maybe it's next Sunday. I'll have to check. It's Pentecost, and uh, yeah, maybe my wife and I, we're going to get on a plane with my son, and it's Pentecost in 2019. And maybe the Lord will come back while we're in a plane. And we're, you know, in a British Airways 747-400 with a little extra legroom for my six-foot-five body. Paid extra for it. Don't have the money, but too bad. <laughs> do I, I do have the money for it, right? I keep, keep saying I don't have the money for it, but... Yeah, I live uh, on the edge financially. Dave Ramsey chapter appendix a living on the edge <laughs> that would be me and, and dave would say oh that's terrible oh yes you, you can't live on the edge appendix a yeah that's terrible dave ramsey you know what why not peter was a knucklehead why can't i be a knucklehead so what is that to you right dave ramsey hey i'm following jesus with my money i'm following the Lord with our money. Not what you say the Lord says about our money, our jobs, our income, our gifts, what we do. Man, I'm getting fired up.
So I smell some garlic, some stuff. Still not sure if I should drop the bomb tonight. But uh, maybe tomorrow morning. We'll see. Um, play it by ear. Because this is kind of smelling good. I'm feeling good. Don't want to don't ruin it right now. <laughs> ruin it. So let's, uh, let's carry on. And that dude didn't call me. I mean, I am like the most talented aerospace talent in the world right now. Available. I'm available, by the way. Um, so if you need some, what do we say, strategic thinking? Do you need some inclusion in your team? Do you need some ideation, some ideas? Do you need some woe factor, woo factor, woo? Do you need to win some people over? Yeah. And finally, do you need some communication? Yeah, that's me. So will I be doing rockets in a couple of weeks? I think I'll be the, if it, if it happens, I'll be probably the first Blue Origin employee that goes from Pinamunda, Germany to Huntsville in three weeks, right? So how about that? So with that, folks, I think you got a really fun time. Right, bud? Right, bud? Yeah, bud. Okay, so you gonna go in? Are you gonna go in, bud? Oh, he goes in. His doggy. He's got the doggy door working. So, and he is excited. All right, everybody, have a great, great evening, grace and peace to you all. Cheers. Where am I? Talking to myself. Forty-five minutes.